Corinthians 13 says this. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So today we're, we're going to speak a little bit about hope. Have you ever lost something that's really meant something to you? I don't know, um, uh, maybe a ring or yeah, I don't know what's ever special to you. There's, there's a story of a, a, a couple who have some kids and they, they go off to the city. And uh, they've been in the city for a while and um, uh, sort of having, having fun as a family. And then, then they're returning home. And then they realize that they've, they've lost one of their kids, left them back in the city. And so they travel back. And it says it takes three days for them to find their child. And they find them in the temple courts, sitting with the other religious leaders, the experts in the law, asking and answering questions. Somebody lost Jesus. How can you lose God? But it happened. <laughs> but the thing I find fascinating is, at the age of 12, Jesus is in the temple courts asking and receiving questions. Because that's how you learn. And especially in Jesus' day, that's how they learn. They would ask and answer questions. And usually they answered questions with questions. So, for instance, if I was to ask you what is a four plus four, you wouldn't answer it by well, the, the Western way. You'd say, well, four plus four is eight. But if you were back in Jesus' day, you would say, well, what is 16 divided by two? And it shows you that you know the answer by asking the question. Questions matter. And so we've got some questions about hope today. And I'm, I'm going to open up to questions as well. So if you've got a question that you... I'm not going to say I'm going to answer the question. I might just look intelligent and say, well, Peter will answer that in a minute. <laughs> um, but but if, you, if you have got questions, because it's a fascinating thing, hope, and, uh, and how it works uh, out and what, the, what that's like. So we'll have some questions at the end. Uh, someone asked me the other week, says, how old were the disciples? And how do you know how old the disciples were? Most of the disciples were under the age of 20. And we know this because there's a passage in the Bible where someone comes up to Jesus and says, don't you pay temple tax? And so Jesus says to Peter, go fishing. And when you go fishing, you'll find a fish on the end of the hook. And in that fish, you'll find a coin that'll pay for me and yours. Temple tax. But the other disciples, they didn't have to pay for because they were too young to pay it meaning that they were all under the age of 20, except for Peter and Jesus, who were above the age of 20. So it's interesting that these, always in our mind, I don't know if you, you, do, you, you see pictures of the disciples usually painted or portrayed as, as old men. They're not. They're teenagers um, with teenage problems and, and everything that goes with it. So Questions. It was a thing that they learned. They, they were taught at that time for their education, you ask and you answer questions. So the first question I have today is this. What is the difference between faith and hope? What is the difference between faith and hope? Are they the same thing? They seem quite similar, don't they? 
when you think about it. But what is the difference between faith and hope? And if I, if I ever went to someone, I remember going to a, a, um, a theologian lecturer and asking him about uh, faith and hope, and he pointed me to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Let me read it to you. So you've got to remember, when I was at Bible college, I was a teenager, I was 16, and I said, what is the difference between faith and hope? And he said, read this, it will answer all your questions. Now, faith is a confidence in which we have hope for the assurance about what we do not see. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. And I remember looking at him going, oh, thank you very much. That's really answered my questions. All the things that I sat there for. I ain't ever asking another question ever again. I have no idea what that means. So, <laughs> now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. So, so this is the difference. This is how I see it. Faith is, is, is in the heart. Okay, you, uh, Romans is it, uh, Romans ten ten says. Um, I should have put these down. Uh, Romans ten ten says. Oh, you're good, Peter. If you believe in your heart, and the mutterings go round the room. <laughs> if you believe in your heart, there it is coming. You write these down. It says this, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's with your heart. It's with your heart. So, so faith is to do with your heart. When, when we look at the, the armor of God, it tells us to put on the breastplate of Righteousness. Because it's all about protecting the heart. It's all about faith. Where if you look at, um, so it's all about faith. If you look at hope, it's slightly different. Because it's all about the mind. And therefore we're told to put on the helmet of salvation to protect the mind. And isn't that true? If you're, if you're going to have doubts, if you're in the middle of the night and, you know I mean, and, and you're being um, tested... Or, or, or just dreaming, or, or just thinking. Usually, the, the, the thing that goes on your mind is that question: Am I really a Christian? Am I really saved? Will I really go to heaven? Is does God exist? How do I know He exists? All these things are, are, are a, an attack on the mind. So the difference between the heart and the mind. So, so the heart is all about faith. The mind is all about hope. The other thing is this. Um, the other thing is uh, faith is about the present hope is about the future faith is about the present hope is about the future now the next question is um, can you have faith but not hope that's an interesting one. Can you have faith but not hope? And the answer is yes. Because we see it in the Bible, don't we? Um, so, for instance, um, who do you call him? Elijah. 
Now, he had faith. He, he went up into a mountain, remember, he, he, he said to, to, to Ahab, bring your prophets, let's see who, who God is true. Okay, so they all went up a mountain, there was 850 against one, I love the odds, because there was the prophets of Baal plus Jezebel's prophets, they were all there, and he got up the mountain, he says, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll take a cow and we'll sacrifice it, and we'll ask God. To, to light the fire for the one, one true. So you can ask Baal, but I'll ask the, the, the one true God. And so he said, you guys can go first. And they, they build their, their altar, they cut up their cow, they put it on top, and then they start to pray. And nothing happens, except for Elijah has a little bit of fun. He goes, oh, you're going to have to speak a bit louder. I think, uh, I think Baal must have fallen asleep. And so they start cutting themselves and shouting louder, but nothing happens. He goes, oh, I know. Maybe he's gone on holiday. Maybe you have to be here a while. Oh, or maybe he's on the toilet. Do it a bit louder. And he goes on and on, but nothing happens. After hours of this, Elijah turns and says, it's my turn. This man of faith builds the altar the old-fashioned way, 12 stones, one for each tribe. He cuts up wood, puts it on top, and takes a cow, puts a cow on top, and then to make sure there's no party trick here, he says he digs a ditch and then just starts to pour water all over the altar. And then he prays, God, show yourself the one true living God. And fire comes from the heavens and burns up everything. Not just the cow, but the wood, the stone, the water. It all goes. What a man of faith. But the next day, this man of faith hears from, hears from Ahab's wife, Jezebel. You've killed my prophets. You'll be dead. And so he runs for his life, gets as far as he can go. He ends up in a desert, in a heap, under a bush, exhausted. And God has to send an angel to rescue him. He gives him some water and some food. And the angel asks, what are you doing here? And he says, just let me die. Why? Because he's lost hope. He's got faith, but he hasn't got hope hope of that thing in the future. David is the opposite. He had both faith and hope. He had faith to go and face Goliath. But remember when he, when he had that affair with Bathsheba? Bathsheba fell pregnant and they had a child. But the child didn't live. As the child was ill, it said that David went and, uh, and prayed And he cried out to God. In fact, he was in such distress about it that his his security, his his bodyguards were were, were scared to tell him when the baby died. And eventually, David could tell by their faces that the child had died. And they said he got up, he, he shaved, and off he went with his normal duties. And his bodyguards were, why are you behaving like this? And he says, before the baby died... I had a chance to ask God to change his mind. And he chose not to. But then he says the most incredible words, but I will see that child one day 
in the future. And that's hope. Faith and hope works together. So you can have one, but in reality, you need both. Uh, if, if you want to get on in life, you really need hope. Is hope important for your life? Absolutely. Hope, you need hope to make sense of this life. It's, it's a tough place, isn't it? You know what the biggest killer is for men under, under 45 in this country? Suicide. A lack of hope. And you know, it's 50% more in Scotland than it is in England. It's an incredibly worrying time. We need hope in this life. Paul, who wrote most of the, the New Testament. Paul, who got smuggled out of cities. Paul, who raised the dead. Paul, who preached to the thousand. Paul, who took, um, who took the gospel to the, to the end of the world as he knew it at his time. Paul, who set up loads of churches. Paul, you know, the one who sat in jail singing. He knew what it was to have hope. Because without hope, most of what, what he did wouldn't have happened. You ever read the things that he did and, and how much it cost him? It was like, it's like a list of suffering. You know what I mean? Uh, he, 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 he was stoned. And I don't mean in the, 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 in the drugs sort of thing. I mean actually stoned with stones. Everyone thought he was dead. That's when they left him. He, he was flogged with a rip the skin off your back. He was beaten with rods. Unfairly being locked in prison. He had shipwrecks. I think he was shipwrecked. Is it three times? It says he was shipwrecked. You'd never get in a boat with that man, would you? <laughs> um, he, he knew what it was to be hungry. He said he knew what it was like to be naked. He knew what it was like to be let down by his friends. Without hope, how would you explain that? This is the guy, after being beaten with rob, uh, rods, was thrown in prison. And about midnight, everyone can hear him singing praises to God. If only, if only we were more like him. How often does your faith get shaken because something dramatic happens in your life? Mm, you stub a toe. God, you must hate me. <laughs> you break a finger, <laughs> as someone showed me at the back. <laughs> Johnny broke his finger, got baptized, broke his finger. It wasn't me, actually. It was uh, the car door. We, we need hope. I mean, Jesus told us. He told us in the Bible that life was going to be tough. He said, didn't he? He said it in um, in in, in uh, John sixteen. He said, "In this world, you will have trouble, but be brave. I have de uh, defeated the world." We we face trouble, don't we? That's part of life. But we've got hope. We've got hope that one day that we will be with him. One day he will explain everything that's going on. One day he will put things right. As Christians, we're not exempt from trouble. 
we, we have to face it. And we need hope to get through this world. Me and Rachel went to um, um, at Prague on, on one of our anniversaries. I think it was our 25th anniversary. We went off to Prague for a few days. It was fascinating. Anyone been there? It's full of churches. It's like brilliant. So I, I, I quite like churches, uh, especially nice churches. You know what I mean? With nice windows and nice seats and a nice smell. And we, we were looking at one of these churches, and Rachel said to me, "Goes, who are these guys up there?" I went, "That's the that's the apostles." She goes, "Are you sure?" I went, "Yeah." Why have they all got weapons? And if you look at them, like they've got, you know what I mean? They're all weaponed up, you know what I mean? Swords and spears. And I went, that's the things that they've got are the things that killed them. So those who were killed with a spear have a spear. Those who were killed with a cross have a cross. Because all but one of them died for their faith. No hesitation. No worry. Why? Because they had a hope that this wasn't it. This isn't the end. The only one that didn't die was uh, John. And uh, it said that, that the Romans tried to kill him, but weren't very good at it. They said they, they tried to boil him in oil, and it, it didn't seem to work. So they sent him off to Patmos, uh, where he spent uh, a, a lot of his time and wrote a gospel and, and revelation. But... Um, but this idea that, that, that they all died, they all suffered, but they all had hope that this wasn't it. It says this in Romans, uh, Romans 5. It talks about the, the, the process of, of, um, of faith. You know what I mean? It talks about one leads to another. Let me read it to you so you, so you get the, the gist. This is Romans chapter 5. It says this. It says, but we, we, but we also see glory in our suffering. And suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because of God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. So if you're suffering now, it's producing something in your life. It's giving you more. It helps your faith to grow. It gives you that hope of something will be better. I just want to read to you, really, sort of to bring this, bring this to an end. But before I do, has anyone got any questions regarding hope? Well, I hope not. <laughs> any questions? Mm. 
Peter. <laughs> so, so it says, suffering produces perseverance. So you have to keep going. Perseverance changes the way we are. And I think being changed, having that character, I think produces hope. Knowing who we are uh, produces hope. Probably need to look into it a bit more, but something along them lines, I imagine. But, um, yeah. Well, our <laughs> we're coming to that in a second. But yeah, our, 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 I mean, for, for the disciples, for it all, was that this hope that there's, I mean, that there's more to life than this. Our hope is to be with Christ. Our hope is that, that he has saved us. Our hope is that one day that we will be with him, that he will wipe away every tear from our eye, that we will no longer have bodies that fail, but we'll have bodies that will be eternal, that we'll spend the rest of our eternal life with him, that there will be no need for sun because God's glory will shine about us, that we will walk and be with him, that he will be our God and we will be his people. And sometimes we forget that, don't we? It says this in Romans. And what shall I say then in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one, Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? No. Hardship? No. Um, Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Danger? Sword? As it is written, for, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Can your behavior separate you from the love of God? No. Can, can your lack of faith separate you from the love of God? No. There is nothing you can do that will stop God loving you as much as he does. You don't have to prove yourself to God through actions because he loves you more than anything else. I want to live my life for him, not because I feel guilty about the things I do wrong, but because I want to live my life well, because I want to please him. That's how much God loves us. Our hope is a hope that one day everything will be put right. And as we sit in a world that seems to be going wrong and getting worse and worse, um, I do hope there's hope from uh, COP26. I do hope that the world does get going, but one day he will fix it all. That's what he says. So let us pray right now. So Father, I pray. 
I pray that we will know you. I pray that our, our hoping you will, will let our faith grow, but more importantly, that it will change us and make us confident in you. I, I thank you that nothing can separate us from you. I, I pray that we will be people who chase after you, who turn this world upside down. For I ask this in your name. Amen. I was uh, researching a little bit into hope this week, and um, someone was talking about what hope does in this world. He says, oh, he says, people seem to have given up in the church. He says, oh, but if it wasn't for the church, this world wouldn't have hope because it wouldn't have schools. It wouldn't have hospitals. He says, uh, if you look at the situation in, in some parts of the world, it's, it's because of the church, more people are, are, are receiving uh, fresh water where they've been used to having to go to, to, to muddy lakes and puddles and things. He says, it's changing because God's people are making a difference in this world. And it's up to us to bring hope. We are the hope in Christ. We have that hope who is in us. And it's up to us to make a difference in this world. So go and live and, and make a difference. Because it's important that not only do we believe in hope, but actually we live it out.